Spencer Cobrin's The Bald Truth. Well, hey, Joe. Well, hey, Spencer. I made it. I was, uh, three seconds ago, I was uh, screaming at the top of my lungs at some poor Asian woman who couldn't make a left turn. <laughs> and, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a road rage type of a person. Cool. But it's like, I gave you, she had two opportunities to make this left. She missed the first one. So I'm waiting behind the red light. And I'm thinking, is this a young driver? Is this a new driver? What, what's going on? You got to move up a little bit into, you know, past the crosswalk to make your Let left. Let people know. So you give that heads up. Here in, in Los Angeles, first of all, you can't honk your horn. There's a real possibility of being murdered if you honk your horn. So I don't do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I flash the lights a little bit. Nothing. Flash them again. Nothing. You have no idea how badly I wanted to lean on that horn. But I chose not to. And I waited four lights to make a left turn onto South Santa Monica Boulevard. I would have shot someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the way it is. Hey, guys, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, you are listening and watching The Ball of Truth. If you don't know who I am, uh, I hate going over this every fucking week. I'm the founder of the American Hair Loss Association. I'm the author of two well-known books. One is The Ball of Truth, and the other is The Truth About Women's Hair Loss. We've been doing this broadcast for about 24 years in some form or another. I uh, was on radio for about a decade. Crossed over to internet broadcasting. Uh, after I was on XM Satellite Radio for a couple of years, and um, have kind of been keeping the show close to our vest for for quite a long time. Obviously, I air the program through the Bald Truth uh, website. Uh, we are working and still do to some degree with the guys from Queens Network. I haven't really been streaming the show over there, which I should start doing again. And we were on, you know, some of the typical live streaming networks. Uh, iHeartRadio for a while, but we really haven't been concentrating on doing the podcast online, like on YouTube and stuff, except on Joe Tillman's channel, who's the guy sitting on my left, or your right, my right, your left, whatever, uh, the, ori left. the original hair transplant mentor. But we decided this year that we're going to change that. I say this all the time. I was considering retirement, and I was kind of in semi-retirement, and I'm like, you know, if we put this out there every week for you know in a, in a big way, I just have to deal with more bullshit. So I'm like, all right, you got 2,000 people watching, or 1,500 people, and then you know cumulative downloads of whatever, 10,000 some weeks, or whatever, you know, whatever. That we're helping a lot of people. I get to enjoy this broadcast. I get to enjoy speaking to everybody get our knowledge base out to those who really need it. And honestly, that was a little selfish. Even though we provide this broadcast at no fee, no charge, we provide all the information we can and we're willing to tell the truth about an industry that is, it's, it's creeping up on $5 billion a year and 99% of all products and services that claim to stop, prevent, or treat hair loss just don't work. And I can tell you that we are probably the only two guys, in my estimation, I could be wrong, 
and, and, and Spencer Stevenson who are out there working hard to tell the truth. That's it. We are not here to sell you anything. There's no products or services that are being advertised in this broadcast. And we're here to provide you with the reality of what goes on in this fucked up industry. Yeah, we're going to talk about products and services that can potentially help you if you want to treat your hair loss. But you also have to understand the reality of what goes on behind the scenes, that surgery is a last resort. This is an industry full, filled of some of the lowest of the low. And trust me, I've been in it for 25 years doing my thing. Things were getting better for a while. It's full-on insanity now. It's out-of-control fucking craziness. People are just trying to get your, the, the, you know, your clicks and your eyeballs. There's all kinds of bullshit articles and blogs and vlogs and, and influencers. And social media has, uh, in my view, at least in this arena... And I think it's interesting when they talk about misinformation on social media and how they're trying to clamp down on it. Well, I could tell you this. In this industry, when it comes to the world of hair loss, misinformation is the status quo. It's not mm -hmm. misinformation. It's disinformation. It's flat-out false information. It's factually, verifiably false Lies. information. And people's Lies. lives are being harmed every day. Mm -hmm. well, I, I find it funny where there's certain you know, musicians out there who want to you know, get off, jump off of platforms because they believe that there's some misinformation being put out there when the reality is, in the world of radio, it's all about sales. Mm -hmm. I thought my audio just cut off for a second. You know... One guy who has made a big deal out of things is, is Howard Stern. And what I, found, I always found interesting about Howard Stern is, especially he got on my ass years ago because someone called the program, was talking about his hair, whatever. So I called my radio station, made a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. But one of his biggest advertisers, at least in the New York tri-state area, was Long Island Medical Associates, at least in the hair world. And he had... Two people who were on a staff, one who was on a staff uh, as an intern and one who wasn't on the staff but was a regular caller, Chauncey Hayden, essentially go in on the arm of the station to do a promotion for hair transplant surgery for this company that was advertising on their show, on the mm -hmm. Howard Stern show. Howard was all into it and he made a big deal out of it. Both of them were fucking destroyed. And then Howard had the lack of humanity to make fun of them on the air, or at least his intern. Mm -hmm. Steve, what is his name? Steve Greco, Greco, Greco. Steve. I don't remember, I remember his name. Well, how can I forget this? Anyway, the point being is that every platform has actually verifiable misinformation on there. And in this field, it's a complete mess. So what I would like to do, Joe Tillman, I say what I'd like to do, Joe Tillman. Yes, Spencer Coburn. Is I would like to, <laughs> to work to expand the program to where it should be this year. I know, and I, I take the blame for that. I know that this is something you've wanted to do for a long time. You've been pushing me to do it for a long time. 
but this year we are going to do it. And I guess we have some interesting news on that front for this week, right? Oh, yeah. Um, interesting segue. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the first episode where we're actually working in collaboration with another online entity. And it, I, I think it's kind of a, an interesting development because uh, primarily, you know, this is – we talk more about surgery than anything else. Although well, I can't say we talk more about surgery, but that's that's more the focus, I guess, simply because that's my background, uh, my expertise. But there – there are a lot of questions about the medical side of things. And, you know, we talk about finasteride, we talk about dutasteride, we talk about oral, minoxidil, but we don't get so much into the experimental realm. And there are reasons for that. But um, th- there's, a, there's a huge, I can't even call it a subset, but a, a huge section of the hair loss uh, interest of of people that that are into the experimental and future treatments and and I can certainly appreciate it um and there is a player in that space there is a a, a platform in that space that I think is really legitimate because the management that runs that site uh number one they're a supportive of a supporter of our channel uh or of this channel and of this this broadcast but they also seem to be pretty level-headed about things. And uh, I've always appreciated that about them. And what I'm talking about is the website hairlosscure2020.com. Um, they are now hosting this program on the top of their blog every Friday. And uh, I'd like to acknowledge Hair Loss Cure 2020 for that and thank them for that. And um, I, I hope that we can bring something of value to uh, his website. And um, yeah, glad they're on board. And, and sharing this. And I'm reading, I'm reading the chat about somebody saying I'm wrong about something or asking me about this guy, Kevin Matt. He may, this guy may be t- telling the truth. Is he still out there? I don't, I've seen his stuff maybe once. I'm sure he's a very nice guy and he's, he's helped a lot of people online. But in general, most of it, the stuff that's out there is complete bullshit. I can't speak to this particular person. So I will reel that one back just out of the sake of um, giving someone the benefit of the doubt because I really don't know much about this dude. But I do know yeah. this. How's this for truth? Uh, I don't think there's anybody who's been in the trenches involved in the industry the way that we have been for the last two decades and, and I have been for the last two decades. No one knows where all the bodies are buried, buried unless this particular person has been in the industry that I don't know about. Then... Uh, the people on this broadcast. That's just the reality. We've seen it all. We've dealt with it all. We we understand the personalities that are treating all of you guys. We understand the personalities and, and get the opportunity to speak to those who are on the forefront of research. And a lot of it's bullshit. Some of it's fine. Some of it's good. It's exciting. But a lot of it is just complete and utter bullshit. So no disrespect to this Kevin guy. I'm sure that he's a very nice guy. And, you know, it sounds like he's, uh, from what I've heard over the years, that he's done some good things. He's helped a lot of people or given them some advice based on his own experiences. I don't know much about him. I, I can't say. I, no, no offense. I don't even think. I, I don't know if he's done that because I don't know anything that he has done. I don't, I don't watch. His, I, I heard that his channel was gone at one point. I saw someone saying that someplace. I don't know. 
But like Spencer said, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Um, I know nothing about him. You know, the funny thing Wish about the, the best. internet is everybody's like, they were up in arms. Everyone's ready to fight. Them's are fighting words. Spencer, you are wrong. Oh. And? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's, that's, that's, the, that's, the, the, that's the funny thing about the internet. I mean, that shit would not happen face to face. And that's not that bad. You can say I'm wrong, but just the big capitals and... All right, dude, speak your mind. It's cool. Just, you know, give an opinion. State the reasons why you think that there's a possibility that I was incorrect about something. And I'm more than willing to say, <coughs> hey, maybe that's a, a fucking possibility. Guys, the phone number is 888 Because I was late, I have not been able to embed the broadcast into the ball of truth, which I can see is having an effect. <laughs> Kevin Mann is the GOAT. He might be. I don't know. How old is he? Uh, so let me get this. Uh, guys, give us a call. It's a call-in show. We're, our lines were lit a second ago until I started to speak about this guy's uh, comment in the, chat, in the chat group. Chat group. Jesus, I'm old. Chat room. So the phone number is, the phone number is 888-659-3727. Joe, why don't you speak for a second? I'm going to uh, try to embed this. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I was actually going to uh, – I, I forgot who asked about this. I was going to reference his question about what – he's asking what we think. I don't know about you, what you think, but what I think about topical PRP that Dr. Seife in Poland and um, our boy uh, hair chemist are talking about or is said in the chat he's selling. I, I don't know if he's selling anything or not. Um but what our opinion of topical PRP is, I don't even know what that is, because when you think when you when you look at topical PRP, it doesn't make any sense to me. Platelet-rich plasma therapy topically. I'm How is that done? I'm, I'm just listening as you the cameras off me as you say that, but it's bullshit in my view. How can it work? I, that's the thing. It's like the whole point of of platelet-rich plasma is to get it back into into the immediate vicinity of the tissue in need or the, the area of need. And, of course, you have to activate it with – well, it depends on, on the protocol, but there are different ways to activate it, thrombin and, uh, yeah, just, just di different ways to, to deal with it. But topical PRP, no idea. Makes well, no I, sense to me. I do know – On the of, surface. I, I, I mean, try to – multitask. I do know some guys who actually will, you know, kind of splatter the additional PRP on the top once there are some, you know, I guess, abrasions made onto the scalp. So they'll do their injections, they'll abrade the scalp, they will kind of like uh, cover the top with some of the excess PRP solution. Uh, but that's about it. As far as anyone who's selling topical PRP or like some sort of home PRP kit, I'm going to tell you guys... You are being played. That's just the way that it is. You know, I'll take a phone call while I multitask, and maybe Joe could answer somebody's question. Triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this, and where are you calling <coughs> from? Hello. Hey, caller. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Adam. Adam from Wisconsin. Adam from Wisconsin. Hey, What's happening, man? Hi. Uh, so I just have pretty much just one question. Um, sure. I guess it's kind of for both of you guys, since both of you guys were starting to lose your hair around the same age that I am right now. 
Um, and it's basically just, uh, you know, what did you guys do, I guess, to kind of cope with it and just try to keep at ease with it? Because, I mean, you guys were talking about, like, the industry going down the shitter or something like that. And, you know, like, I'm fucking, I'm going crazy over, well, you know. I, and this isn't meant to be a joke. For a while, I drank. And that's just, people laugh at that. But the reality is, you know, I started to notice my hair loss around the age of 21. And I was, wasn't much of a drinker. And I just started to use that liquid courage. I didn't know how to deal with it. There was really no one out there to help me. Obviously, there was no, no platform like this because, you know, I started it back in 1998. So I had no one to really guide me except for people who wanted to rip me off uh, and possibly disfigure me. But part of the way that I coped is maybe I overcompensated. You know, I, I did some stuff that wasn't in most, most therapists would say probably uh, wasn't that healthy. But for me, I did as much research as I could to try to solve this puzzle, this fucked up situation for myself. And during that time, uh, I gathered the information that I need. I had the wherewithal to step back and not get fucked up by the hair transplant surgeons that wanted to perform surgery on me and the wig makers that wanted to put wigs on me and the guys that wanted to inject you know, hormones into my scalp and all that stuff. And I focused on doing what I do now, kind of creating the ball of truth. So for me, that was my saving grace. That's kind of how I coped. And I was able to meet some women in my life at that time who were pretty cool with it, even though, you know, I didn't get a professional haircut for like eight years or something like that. I was cutting my own hair because I was embarrassed to go to, <laughs> to, to a barber. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess I coped like most young people cope. Except I didn't, I I didn't uh, jump the gun and get something done and get disfigured. Or I mean, I hung upside down. I put cayenne pepper in my hair. I did everything you could possibly do besides get you know, uh, be dumb enough to have surgery. Just kidding, Joe. To, to to fall into the clutches of some of these people at the time, especially the late '80s. But I guess to 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 make the answer a little shorter. I kind of just dove into building my career. And I kept myself really busy doing that. And it was it was easy for me because I was so obsessed with my hair, making it my career was was just something that was, you know, that was my main focus. I figured let's make this my work. That's how I cope with it. Joe, you coped with it by you were okay with it until you got a bad hair transplant. Uh, I was kind of okay with it because, you know, it was, it was something I noticed much younger than you did. I was 17 only because it was pointed out to me in high school by some asshole in, in the lunchroom in front of everyone else. That was my introduction to my own hair loss. Yeah, that's the way it usually um, happens. And then I, I kind of forgot about it. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it was an issue, but it didn't drive me nuts. Um, there wasn't a drink named after me at the local bar. Uh, like me. You know, like... Like like the Spencer special, I yeah. I didn't have anything like that, but um, I had I had the I nickname, did, I did I had the deal nickname with it. still standing. They called me still standing, still standing. <laughs> I um I, I wound up I, I I did try some uh some different treatments as far as not not treatments but uh 
camouflage, like the the hair in the can. Uh, was it the uh, GLH, GLH, good looking hair, which is like a spray paint in literally like a spray paint can, and it it was sold on late night television. You had to order it with a one eight hundred number, and um, it made me look like a skunk because I got the hair color wrong. I got I got too light of a shade for my own hair, so I had this this light brown streak down the middle. I looked like a skunk, and I didn't realize it until I saw myself in a picture after, after months of using it. Um, and then I swore it off. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually I was in a in a photo where I'd gone to a a college formal with uh, with this girl I was dating. And like it didn't hurt my my activities with the ladies apparently because I, I was still dating women. But um, it, were you it was, really? Were you really, Joe? It, yes, I was. I was. Okay. <laughs> I, I won't say dating, <laughs> um, but it was it was this uh, touch and go situation where it would bother me at times. I'd try to do something about it. There, There's very little available. Like that whole GLH hair in a can thing was a miracle. Even though it was the wrong color and I looked like an idiot, it was a miracle. Because way before Topic and Dermatch and all that stuff. And even after I realized how, how silly and stupid I looked, I still used it. Because I couldn't get away from it. It's like either that or it's like now that I look like I have all this hair, but it's just this strange color. Dude, ta-da. It's better than, than thinning. I'm still using right? it. Yeah, but yours looks natural. I'm talking like... Yeah, it was an addiction. Yeah. And then I wound up going to get a hair transplant only because oh, you're my best friend from high school said that he needed to go get one and he wa- or like a, uh, a consultation, and I should go with him for support. And that was the end. Two bad hair transplants later, shit tons of shock loss, all by the time I was 23. So, so let me, Good let times. Me, let me ask you, and what's your name again? Adam. Adam, how old are you? You're 21? 24. 24. So tell me about your situation right now. Um, well, I guess I started, I noticed it when I was 21, like you. Yeah. And, um, uh, I told my doctor about it within like two months. And I'm talking like, I noticed it really early, man. Like I noticed it. Like I had like a little thinning on the crown, yeah. And it, I, my barber pointed it out to me, and I was just like, "Shit," you know. So I started. I went. I made an appointment with my doctor, and um, the first thing he told me was, you know, use minoxidil. And then a month later, I find out about fucking guys, you know, Propecia. Yeah. So I was on that for like a year and a half, and I was still noticing it, you know. I was still noticing the diffuse thinning all over the scalp. Now you were and noticing then, uh, that it was, it was progressing, or you just noticed that it hadn't gotten any better? It, it, it was just like the, it was progressing. Okay. Probably, you know. um, yeah. Yeah, it was progress. It was, I was starting to see through my hairline after about a year and a half of it, of it you know, going on. And then, Can I, you know, let me ask you this. So, when you when you did did you take your doctor's advice and get yourself on minoxidil initially, and then two weeks later start Propecia? Oh, oh, what? What was that? You said that your doctor initially told you to get on minoxidil. Did you do that at all? 
Yeah, I started using it, and then within a month, I found out about, like, you know, Keeps, and then that's where I got my finasteride from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started, I went, I went straight to the fucking drugstore, man. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. So, you were on both minoxidil and finasteride for a year and a half, at least. Yeah. Okay. And then I eventually, I, uh, I eventually actually dropped both of them, and then I started the dutasteride. Okay. And I was using that for like, I was, I was kind of like upping my dose throughout the month. So I, I actually, I was first taking it once a week, you know, 0.5 milligrams. Um, and then I would still take my finasteride every day. And then now I'm back up to, I'm back, I'm up to, uh, every other day, you know, um, one Avidar capsule. And then I actually started the minoxidil again, but this time I used tretinoin. Right, so let me um, let me ask you this. So you, you've been mm-hmm. you've been using different um, generic medications, and now you're saying that you're actually on brand name Avidart. First of all, is that is that correct? Correct. As of like the last ten months, I've been on Avidart. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. While I think that companies like Keeps and Hims and Roman have really brought it back to the forefront that the use of finasteride is a viable option for young patients. The problem is when you're dealing with these larger companies is you really don't know what generic you're getting, where the generic is being manufactured. Honestly, and this is just, you know, I'm not saying that there's any contaminants involved with these particular generics, but some generics are are being manufactured in China. Some generics obviously are manufactured in India. And some companies will switch generics on you without you really knowing. So I always tell guys that if you're going to start, in my view, either know where the generic is coming from, if you're going to use generic, uh, or start with brand name. But you've been through a year and a half, and you noticed that you were continuing to shed, and then 10 months ago you went on a brand name drug, Avidart, which is brand name Dutastrad, which I think was probably, and again, we're not physicians, we're not giving medical advice, but I think that was a wise move, because at least you got on a brand name drug, and I know that you wanted to go guns blazing for both the type 1 and type 2 5-alpha reductase, which in your case makes sense because you were in a panic and you figured, you know what, let's take out some of the stronger guns here and see if I can make this happen. But as you get on and off medications, you could also throw yourself into an effluvium even though you think you're countering it by getting on dutasteride or Avidart. And sometimes just getting on a drug that's effective will throw you into a, an effluvium. So my question to you is, in the last 10 months since you started Avidart, and I think you answered it by saying you got back on minoxidil, but did you see any improvement at all when you switched over from the Keeps brand, Finasteride, and minoxidil products to Avidart? You know, I take pictures pretty often, and when I look, at a year ago today versus, you know, two years ago or when I first started, I, I think, man, I don't want to jinx myself, you know, but I think maybe that I've possibly slowed it down, but it's very hard to tell because, um, I still lose like, you know, whenever, like, for example, when I'm in the shower, um, dude, I mean, I'm shedding hair like a golden retriever. Like it is, it is fucking crazy. Like I could, and 
fuck, dude. Like, after a day of work, I could, like, shake my head into a sink. And I oh. and I think, you know, I, I think I have some sort of intelligent effluvium, like you said. Well, you might, you probably but, do, but the thing is, you know, if you're going on and off minoxidil, that causes problems. As soon as you get back on minoxidil, you can go through a tremendous shed, you know. So, you know, the key is you, you got to kind of, and it, there's nothing wrong with, and again, we're not giving medical advice here. I'm not a physician, but there's nothing wrong with, because I understand the panic of it, of, of trying different medications. You know, if, if you think something isn't working for you, gave it a college try. I use that twice today, Joe, college try. You gave it a college try. <laughs> uh, it, made, it makes sense to me that you wanted to switch. But jumping on off minoxidil, in my view, based on, a, you know, 25 years experience in this field and speaking to thousands of people, it's a bad move. So, you know, you either have to stick with it, and sadly, guys who stick with it are just kind of stuck not knowing whether it's working for them, or you have to wean yourself off of it. Um, I do think that if you just stuck with Dutasteride, you're going to give yourself a, a more of a fighting chance to actually be able to assess what's going on with your hair. And the fact that you visually see maybe a little bit of an improvement, that's a good sign, even if you're continuing to shed, because the shedding will most likely eventually slow down. But to me, and I'm, I'm a fan of, I, I'm not a fan of throwing the kitchen sink at it, and I'm the fan of like stay, sticking on a medication, giving it a real try alone so that you can make a decent assessment. Now, emotionally, that's very tough to do because we're all in a panic when we're going through this, especially when we're going through something that's aggressive and you're 24 years old. But yeah, it's kind of like I don't, you know, it's the whole kitchen sink thing is just it's kind of it sucks because. You know, let's say that the one thing that you're trying doesn't work out. Well, now, you know, you've lost all this ground that you can't. It's very hard to play catch up with. You know what I mean? So, be, well, also, be, be when, when you throw the kitchen sink at it, you don't know what's working if something's working. Like if you see an improvement, you're stuck taking, taking every one of those things that you, that you started with because you don't know which one's working. So if you take one away, it might be the one that's actually doing something. Yeah. That's also true, yeah. But you, you would be you would be surprised at how much hair you can actually regrow, especially at your point where you feel like you've just been losing it for the last three years. You know, I was at a point where when I started, there was no finasteride. There was no Rogaine. Minoxidil was being compounded for me, lonitin tablets with an alcohol base, and it was a mess by one physician. But I really had nothing except for all the bullshit snake oils and concoctions out there. It wasn't until I was about 27 that I was able to get my hands on finasteride. And it completely changed my life. But I even wasted a year before I did that because the doctor who was selling me, this guy Adam Lewenberg, who a lot of people have probably heard of, I don't know if he's still alive, was selling me his concoction of minoxidil and, uh, and, um, and retinoic acid or, or, or tretinoin. And he was claiming that I was going to essentially turn into a woman if I decided to take this drug. It was a really bad idea. Fucked me up for a while, but you know what? His stuff wasn't working, and it was causing a lot of irritation, so I went for it. So you actually have a little bit of time to play with, believe it or not, and the fact that you're already on Avidart just three years into your hair loss, really, you are ahead of the game. 
So you were proactive. Most guys don't, especially in this generation, don't have the balls to jump on these medications as quickly as you did, did because they're so afraid of what they read about these medications online. So I would say you're ahead of the curve uh, in that respect. I know you're still worried because you're still seeing all the shedding, but um, I think you're going the right direction with Avidart. I really, especially if you're not having any adverse side effects. I think that if you eventually got off minoxidil and kind of just gave yourself some time, things may start to, you know, uh, get back on track and your growth cycle may become a little bit more normalized. Yeah, it's just the whole shedding thing. It's not really the shedding. I mean, I've had this shedding since before I even, you know, started medication. Right. Um, it's it's just, This is just how I've always been for for at least the last three years, just constant, you know, they say all this bullshit, like, you know, you lose like 50 to a hundred hairs. Well, dude, I'm, I mean, I had a hair catcher at one point. This is what, at my worst, man, when I was just like counting the hairs off the shower drain, you know, I'd have like this hair catcher. I had a hair catcher. And I'd hit like. I had a hair catcher. I'd actually take the hair and put it on the, on the bathroom wall, on the shower wall. And I would separate it and count it. I would bag it. I would, fucking take notes and write down what, you know, the day and the date. And I would take that to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you know what? Yeah, I have yeah, that I, all I in a scrapbook. I'm just kidding. I get rid of that shit. But, <laughs> but the doctor is like, what the hell am I dealing with? Look, <laughs> let me tell you something. It's, it's difficult for me to even go to a doctor knowing what I know about this industry. But I, I do believe that you're probably... You, you, right now, you're doing the best that you can. I just read in the chat someone saying, you know, RU58841. There is no RU58841. It doesn't exist. We don't know what you're getting from these gray market companies. You know, if you've got to mix something in your fucking bathtub, it's probably not the real deal. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> listen, I, 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 I sense your stress. We've both been there, and we've both come out the other side uh, in, in a much better place. So I can't guarantee that medication is going to help you. I don't know if you have a, a severely aggressive form of, of MPB, but it sounds like if you see some sort of a visual improvement, that maybe you're on the right track. Yeah, I mean, definitely no regrowth, but maybe just like slowing down, you know, stabilized at the at the most you know but i mean I, right now it's it's not horrible you know my 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 hair right now you know if i shampoo and condition i i can make it look fucking pretty nice you know um that's that's great man yeah, and hopefully matters. like that's maybe great. in like a few years yeah and then like in a few years if i if i'm still at the same then i definitely know that i've stabilized i'd I'd absolutely be willing to get a small hair transplant procedure and, you know. Well, I think that's... Just because, it, just because it, it's not horrible, but, like, you know, it gets me if it gets messy and greasy, you know, if I don't shampoo after, like, fucking, like, a day, you know, it'll get very greasy, and then, you know, your hair starts to clump. You guys know what I'm talking about. I, I, talk, I talked about this in a video recently, yeah. I know, I know about that quite well. And by the way, tell Rob Hellner that it's not ADHD, it's OCD. There's a difference, yeah. 
I don't know which OCD. is I, I don't know which is worse, but I definitely have OCD. I think I just have OCD when it comes to this stuff, man. <laughs> well, it's funny because I have OCD when it comes to a lot of things, as Joe Tillman knows. Like I'm the type of guy that is that the corners have to be perfect when he makes his bed. I check the iron even if I haven't used it for a month. But it served me well in my career. So I kind of just, you know, you got you to work with what you got in life. But yeah, I definitely, my, when I started losing my hair, because that's the way my mind works, I was fucked up, man. Listen, I've been doing this for 25 years. I created an entire world around hair loss, entire career around hair loss. So I'm pretty fucked up. So you're not alone. That's all I'm telling you. You're not alone. So we, that that that's why you know when when someone your age calls the the, the broadcast, uh, you know, obviously we both have a lot of empathy. But I really get it, man. But I also have confidence in early intervention. Once you find the right medication, and it sounds to me like you might have. All right, man. All right. Is there anything else I can do for you now? No, I mean I'm sure you have other callers too, and you know we do. But if you have any, really but if you sound like you sound like we didn't make you feel any better. So what else do you need? I'll help no, you out. no, you definitely. I mean, it's just everything you've been saying. Is, you know, it's just definitely how, just really talking about it. Because you remember, you know, the first question was just kind of like how did you cope with it, and I guess you know as soon as you said actually that you went to a therapist, it was kind of interesting because I didn't. I've been meaning to go to one, you know, about this stuff, but I also just didn't feel like it was that big of a problem to to have to go talk about it. You know what I mean? To Dude, I was put on I, I was put on antidepressants. I took every antidepressant known to man. I took trisilic antidepressants at at one point. That's the only medication that ever just you know it basically gave me whiskey dick at the age of twenty one. I called the doctor up. I'm like. I can't get a heart on. He's like, just stop the medication. Scared the shit out yeah. of me. And then I was put on, like, uh, SSRIs were just coming out. I mean, this is how old I am. So I was put on uh, Prozac and all kinds of stuff. And then eventually I was put on Effexor, which, honestly, that helped me out. That was the first time uh, I felt a little bit better about the situation. But I was a little numbed out. But the good thing about that is I was able to fuck forever on that stuff. It was insane. Oh, right on. It was the greatest. But <laughs> but I eventually got off of that stuff. Let's go to video. <laughs> that was eventually... <laughs> let me tell you, when you're, 20, when you're 22 years old and you can last like you're 50, women are surprised. But anyway, I uh, I eventually got off of all of that stuff. And I, was, I was young when I got off of it. You know, I, was just like, I, just, I didn't like the way it was making me feel. I felt very numb. And it wasn't as though I was, it wasn't giving me brain fog or anything like that. I just kind of felt like just not myself. But it gave me enough time to kind of figure things out. That's when I started to do my research. That's when I decided maybe I would eventually write a book about this. I had the idea to write a book, I mean, pretty early on in my research. I mean, it took me a while to do it. But I would say I was about 22 when I first got the, the idea. I'm like, I got to write about this because this, these people are really fucked up, these doctors and, these, mm -hmm. and, and the, you know, like the hair club and all these places. 
So I had in the back of my mind to make that happen. I eventually did. But yeah, man, therapy is powerful. Therapy could really, you just have to find the right fit. Some therapists are dicks. They'll make you feel worse about yourself because they're like, it's, it, you know, they'll start to make comparisons about people with cancer and whatever it is. And like, yeah, I hate that, man. I hate when cancer somebody says, oh, well, it could be worse. Say that again, Colin? Yeah, I hate when people, I said, I, I really hate when people say that, like, it could be worse. Well, yeah, I know it, it could be worse, and I'm glad it's not worse, but it's just like, you're kind of making, you know, you're kind of making it seem like it's not that big of a deal at all. Well, they, you know what I mean? They, what they do, they're, they're diminishing your your you know, your depression about it and how painful it is. They're diminishing this disease of the spirit. And that's why I said it was the d disease of the spirit. I used to call it a cancer of the spirit. And I got all kinds of fucking shit. Uh, you know, like in, I remember in the Washington Post, it was, the, you know, the, the reporter was mocking that. And I'm just like, fuck you, man. You know, we... There's a reason why the show is doing so well, especially when I started. There's a reason why we were in 20, 27 markets late at night at 11 o'clock. It was because there were people just like me and like you who were suffering. Now, listen, I got someone at my front door right now, so Joe's going to take over for a second. Joe. <laughs> Don't they have any <laughs> consideration? It's like we're trying to do a show here. Zero. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Look, caller, I, I I get your situation and you know, when I was a consultant sitting in a in an office day in and day out talking to people about about their hair loss, a lot of times people would be calling me back later on just so that they would have someone to talk to. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist. It can just be someone that's that that themselves have gone through hair loss. Uh and, and have dealt with the same things that, that you're dealing with. That's what the show's for. Like so many people that yeah. call the show, they just they're just looking for someone to you know to bounce their issues off off of because there's no there's no one else available to do it. And I totally get it. I totally get it. I I, I was at, at at one point in my journey, I was the same, but. It, it was a bit different for me as I progressed with my, like my repair surgeries, because my my therapy was talking about it to the world, you know, uh, in 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 blog format, and that that was the way I I kind of coped with the after effects, um, or, or sorry, the, the the issues I went through after the fact, because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. So I, I you, totally get where you're coming from. You and, called and the show. For your own, I did. At one point, you did, didn't you? I think you were working already. Yeah, I was working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You weren't calling for help. But, uh, you were calling to pimp yourself out, or whatever. Oh hell no! Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, one of my bitches is here, so I, isn't that terrible? Imagine, I would be canceled for that if it wasn't my own show. If you're on Spotify. <laughs> no, I say that lovingly, actually. One, she's a wonderful girl. Um, listen, man, we know we know what you're going through. I'm sorry that you're dealing with this, but it kind of sounds like you might be in, in a, a an up up uptick right now. And you know, just sadly, it's just kind of a wait and see situation. But like you said, you're able to make it at times look pretty good, so you're still in a good position. You still, I never retained or got back all of my hair. 
But I got to a point where I slowed it down so much and for so long that I gave into wearing some paint, a lot of hairspray, and eventually my crazy hair, my age caught up with my crazy hair. And now it looks like I have better hair than most of my contemporaries. And that usually happens around the, the you know age 30 mark. So if you can maintain what you have up into that point and then kind of like dummy it up a little bit, you win. Yeah, I wear I wear concealer or makeup or whatever you want to call it. I wear I'll put some on, you know, here and there. Um, if you're honest you know, with it, with girls, I don't really have to. I don't really have to even like. I don't really use it that much, anyways, because I mean, dude, I wear a hard hat at work. Oh, you wow. know? Yeah. So I never. I don't really have to look presentable or anything. And, you neither, know. neither does Joe. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> obvious, right? He, he always looks presentable. <laughs> Listen, man, we're going to take some more calls. Um, I, I hope we were able to help to some degree, and I do. I do believe that it sounds like you're on the right track. Just don't throw everything at it, man. You know, you're on Avidart. No, stick with that. If you're not, if you're doing well on it, as far as there's no adverse side effects, see how it goes. Um, but minoxidil is tricky. Minoxidil in general is really tricky, especially if you're kind of ebbing and flowing. You know, using more, using less, stopping, starting. That can kind of keep the cycle of shedding going for for a long time. Okay, so do you think I should drop that then? No, if you drop it right away, you're going to shed for sure. You're going to shed more. How long have you been back on it? Um, around the same time, I started using Avidar every other day. So I was at 10 months, almost a year. Okay, that's, a long, that's a long time. If you decide to get off of it, you're going to have to really wean off slowly, and it could take you about a year to do that. So you would just kind and of like use less and less during the week. Throughout a whole entire year. Yeah, that's what I did. I took about a year and a half to wean off of it, and I I did pretty well. But that's okay. up to you. I mean, if you think if you see a, an improvement right now with things as is, you have to make that choice for yourself. I just think that I'm just not a big fan of minoxidil, just based on just all the years of not only just personal experience, but just from everyone who's called the show and has dealt with the same stuff, and eventually feel like they're kind of stuck on it. Even in, even though it's either causing some irritation on their scalp or it's, it's a pain in the ass to use or they don't know if it's working or if they're still shedding, people just feel stuck. I mean, it could probably make things worse if it's causing irritation. Is that true? Like it can make your hair loss even worse? 100%. There's also a school of thought, uh, and some doctors will admit this, that long-term use of minoxidil could actually cause a kind of a thinning of the scalp. Um, almost like a gives almost like a parchment like type of a of a feel. So if you ever decide to have surgery, you know, <clears throat> you notice that I, at least in my experience, I'm not a doctor. The majority of people who end up in the, with necrotic skin or necrosis have been long term users of minoxidil. Now you can say, well, most people who are dealing with hair loss use minoxidil, but there is a school of thought by some doctors who will admit this that minoxidil may uh, thin the scalp a little bit. I don't know if you heard about that, Jim. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, anyway. I mean, sometimes I'll get, like, some, like, I mean, not, it's funny that you mentioned it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get, like, a little, 
like moving my hair sometimes will kind of I'll get it'll kind of hurt in a way. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Uh, that could be it. Some some people actually get that without using minoxidil. It's just because of the hair loss process and they have like a little inflammatory. I forgot what that's called. It's something with a T. There's a word for that, and I should know that. I used to know that. But what was the condition? What? Basically, when your hair hurts, when you move your hair and your scalp hurts. Oh, um, damn it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, we both forgot and we're old. So, listen, we're going to take some more calls. Can, yeah, you know, we yeah, wish you the best of luck. I'm glad that you got through, and you know, feel free to call anytime. All right? Yeah, thanks so much, guys. All I right. really appreciate it. You yeah. got it, man. Good luck. Right. Right. And nice go get calling. laid. Have fun. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Right. Let's uh, let's answer some questions here in the, I just, in the chat. I, There's some I just opened up. I just picked uh, a call. The call is a caller. Waiting. That fat. Okay. All right. Hey, call. Hey, call. Caller, who's this? Go ahead. Hey. Hi, can you hear me? We can. You're on the air. Okay, so this is Alex calling from Westchester, Illinois. Alex, what's happening, man? Hey, Alex. Well, I've been watching your show for quite a while, and um, I've been interested that um, all the things that you say. Um, I'm 51 years old, and uh, I start suffering from hair loss probably in my late 30s, mid-30s probably that's when it started. And uh, last year, finally, I mean, before trying the the hat with the lasers, shampoos, and all sort of uh, things, um, medications, uh, actually no medications orally, right? But any sort of, uh, I don't know, things that from grandma or to the aunt or the uncle provided like special shampoos and all that. Yeah, all, and all, all, all the people and, that saved their hair with all the, uh, the snake oils. And the hat. I, I love I love that. And, and I'm not making fun of you because, dude, let me tell you something. I did everything. Every, all I did all the fucking happy horse shit. But the fact that you said the laser hat. I love I love that. Now, I, I do believe that low level laser light therapy can help to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it's just that, you know, everybody goes for everyone is afraid to go for medication or go to the doctor first. Because hair loss has been just sold as a commodity and everything that you see online and, you know, and it's just, I'm assuming that you're going to tell me that nothing has worked for you at this point. Exactly. So nothing worked. And I even tried in Norfolk, Illinois, there was a a laser place that tried to hook me up on a treatment. And um, I just took their trial. That was like a couple times. And after that, I just probably thought it was too expensive. Finally, when um, the completely lost was so much, almost like, I will say, like 80%, 90%. Before that, I tried a place, a doctor that supposedly did the Brian Urlacher um, hair transplant in Oak Brook, Illinois. Uh, I went with him, and it was too pricey at the beginning. It was like almost $25,000 for 2,500 grafts. And um, I let years pass by, and every time he was like, oh, well, now it's cheaper, and they were calling me. I eventually came down to almost 16000 for 25 grand. They promised to give me another 200 but it was too pricey. So I kind of like went by almost three, four years, which I, where I said, I'm going to, resignation comes to me, and I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to be bald, and who cares, right? I started shaving my head. Finally, after 
um, when I was almost like 48 years old, I started shaving my head Good or cutting you. it first with uh, number two. And then I went sh- and then I shaved. And, but, um, last year, uh, my brother-in-law, we always talked like going to, uh, to, uh, in Turkey to get an implant. Right. But I wasn't um, too sure about that because I heard all the stories about the scarring and, and the damage to your, um, scalp. So, Finally, last year, I just pulled the plug and I went, instead of going to Turkey, I went to Mexico City. A very young doctor there in Mexico City, okay. close to Chapultepec, and, uh, which is the, the, uh, where the zoo and all that, that region is, uh, like a very up, up high class place. So I went there and did it. It was so cheap. It was like probably, I will say maybe like 2,500 bucks, uh, to do it, right? So I had like 2,800 grafts. Uh, implanted on the front of my hair line and almost to midway. And so far it looks great, right? According to what I, what I, uh, what I see. Well, I mean, when you say, how, how long ago did you have the surgery? April, I mean, May of two, 2021. Okay, okay. So we're, we're talking about so how many months is that? Seven it, months? No, it's not even a year. Nah, like nine months, maybe. Okay, so at, uh, at nine months, so, what does uh, it look like? Well, I will say that it looks like the, the front looks maybe like uh, Tillman's uh, front. Uh, say that again. It looks pretty pretty nice. It looks like like uh, Joe Tillman's uh, hair, like in the front. All right. Like only the, mm-hmm. the so so it looks kind it, it grew is thick at the front. Um, I don't think it covers like the whole. Uh, Area, but when I comment it in a certain way, it looks pretty nice. One thing that has been bothering me is that um, it, it was not the pill because at first I was afraid of the pill, which he prescribed me Avadart, and um, I've been taking it like three times a week. And but the one thing that bothered me was the the fact that I had to use a, a special topic that he came in Mexico City, and then I ran out of it, and he said, "Just go buy." Um, and not Sedil, you can buy the one from Costco or you can buy the brand name. Whatever you want, it's fine. Just keep using it. And I used it and um, and I still use it, right? But I ran out of uh, the foam, right? So I bought a Costco and then I bought the liquid one. And I kind of like noticed it, it kind of like thin because of the change, even though it's the same, supposedly the same formula. But I've been annoyed that it just gets very messy using that, uh, either the foam or the or the liquid one. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking like I'm dropping it, right? It, because I'm thinking, well, what's the point? If I'm taking Avodart and then also using the uh, minoxidil, uh, I don't, like you were saying, throwing the kitchen, the sink kitchen, uh, it's, it, I don't know if it's Avodart is working or minoxidil is the one that is working. So I kind of like wanted to drop minoxidil and then just take the pill. And like I said before, at first I was afraid of the pill. And I did notice a little bit lost in, in libido, but um, nothing to be afraid of or nothing that could not be fixed is still there. But it, it did affect a little bit there. But uh, overall, I think I'm okay with the pill, but I'm not okay. I'm using forever. And especially when I hear you guys that the minoxidil uh, creates some issues to your scalp. So I want to hear your thoughts. Well- well, let, let me ask you, what, what was the, you said the doctor gave you a topical after surgery. What, what was that topical? 
or or what was the the medication he was giving you besides Abadart? It was minoxidil, actually. Is what it says. It's just a special formula that they say they prepare there in Mexico City. Uh, okay, so yeah, so he's got a compounding pharmacy probably down the street, or maybe even in you know that's that's at the same location. I, I don't know, but in in Mexico, uh, they have a lot of compounding pharmacies that uh, are more common than they are in North America. But okay, so then when you got home, he said just get any topical. Uh, 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 Minoxidil, sorry, and uh, and you'll be fine. Correct. So that so that was immediately after surgery that you started taking it, or and forgive me for not remembering this. No. Or were you taking minoxidil before surgery? No, I never took minoxidil. I, well, actually, I okay. tried minoxidil probably years ago. Uh, I bought the same product at, from Costco, and I tried. Right, but, I, but you weren't using really it consistently before surgery. It was only, you only got you only started using it consistently after surgery, right? Yeah, after surgery, I okay. kind of like committed myself. I said, I'm, I'm spending this money. I'm going to this trip. I'm doing all this. So I followed the steps of like the 30 days, washing it with baby shampoo and, and only using this uh, type of okay. um, product that he gave me. And then I, I continue up until today. I still use minoxidil um, once a day. I, I uh, wash my hair every day with the type of shampoos that he said, he just said, try to avoid anything, any shampoo that has sulfates, that has any, any of this, and it make sure that the shampoo has um, what you call biotin and all those, all the stuff. And said, and try to use this other shampoo that is kind of like head and shoulders, kind of that type of shampoo. Uh, hold on, you guys still talking? Me. Yes. I just took a shower. Sorry. Yeah. I'm glad you said shower. I heard the <laughs> <laughs> I just took a shower. So, okay. What were what were the doctor's recommendations for the topical? Was it to continue taking it uh indefinitely or yeah. did he just say take it for the first year? And I asked because different clinics have I I've never agreed with this, but so, some clinics have the recommendation of only taking, you know, minoxidil for six months after surgery or one year after surgery, and then you can stop. I think, I personally think that's a disastrous uh, uh, way to go about things, but it is what it is. So I'm curious what he said in your case. Keep, keep going or you can stop. Yeah, he said that if I, no, he said that I can, he said, if it's up to you. He said, don't, you're not going to listen to me if you're feeling uncomfortable using it. But as far as using minoxidil, you're going to have to use it forever, Right. And same with the yeah. Avodar. He said, if you stop using either or, eventually you will see what you guys call that effluvian. Is that you will see that. So you will start shedding. Right. You will start losing hair. He said, not the ones that I implanted, though. You will lose the ones that you already have. And I did notice that my crown, for example, because that's on, on May, I'm going for the second one to put the implant on the, on the crown. Um, and trust me, I, I, okay. I had my thoughts. I'm going to cut this off. You ha so here's the good news. You avoided uh -huh. having a really expensive hair transplant by someone who promotes the fact that there's a, a football player that he and other, other sport athletes uh, that they uh, provide surgery for. I, I'm never, I've never been a fan of that, and I've always kind of felt that that, um, you know, the, the, the fact that medicine, anything in medicine, this is real surgery, um, 
or anyone in medicine would kind of leverage that type of and, and they're influencers, but just you know professional athletes or actors, whatever it is, for I guess to induce people to have surgery. That always just turned me off. I don't know how you feel about that, Joe. No, I I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. But I I, I think the, the the issue here is really simple. And you were talking about um, well, I, I won't. I don't worry. About, I don't. I don't need to finish my thought. Go ahead. <laughs> well, neither do I. <laughs> but you're 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 asking about the kitchen sink uh, analogy that that Spencer mentioned earlier. I couldn't agree more. Uh, in your in your situation now, though, uh, I, I think that it, it doesn't. It's it's always risky to stop stop a, a medication, especially after you start taking it before your surgery even came to fruition. The or, or the the final result became manifest. So. I think if you want to stop taking it, uh, it is a long process of weaning yourself off. Uh, like you take it once a day now, maybe um, maybe at the beginning of March, you start taking it every other day. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, you know, like that for a month. And try that and see how that works. If you don't notice any sort of uh, increase in shedding then you can start to work your way down even further over the next several months to where it's no longer being used. And I think that would be also be a good idea in case your doctor is one of those doctors that recommends that before your second surgery, you not be on minoxidil for two to three weeks, which is really common. Oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Because one of the reasons that I was thinking is like, okay, if I'm going to go for the second part, which is the crown, if I if I lose whatever is there, right? If I shed some of it, uh, I can like say, who cares, right? Because the the way that the hair that he just kind of came looking not bad. I mean, I um, I wish I can send you some photos so you can be the best judge and say, holy shit! Because one of the things I I asked him when I when I first uh, uh, talked to him, I said, are you gonna use single grafts on front, or are you gonna use like those that have two or three follicles, and he said, no, it's going to be uh, a graft with a single hair unit on each one of them. I'm going to try to... Let me uh, stop you right there. Let, let me the stop you right there. It's all cut Let me size. stop you right there. Any, any, any patient that has the understanding enough to ask that question, and I'm glad you asked that question, and I'm not going to refer to your case because I have no idea about your case. I don't know who your doctor is. But when you ask that question, I'm talking to everyone listening uh, or, or watching, if you ask your clinic, your consultant, any of the techs, uh, or the doctor, are you going to put single hair grafts in the hairline, or will you be putting you know twos and threes in the hairline? There's not a doctor on the planet that will say they aren't putting single hair grafts in the front, when in reality they, they are putting multis in the front, because they have no control over it. Why? Because they're not using stereoscopic dissecting microscopes. Even back in the day, when most clinics were using stereoscopic dissecting microscopes, about three quarters of those clinics still had a hard time. Can you say that again? One not more time, making sure please? that singles were in the front. So, Stere so when you, when you, sorry, dissecting yeah. microscopes, All right. proper hair transplant microscopes. So, so in in today's world. If you ask that of, of a doctor, the, the chance of them saying, no, I'm going to put doubles and triples in your hairline is zero. Every one of them will say only singles in the front, even if they're not going to do it. So I, I just, 
that may have been what's happened for you. You may have beautiful singles in the front. I don't know. But that question is guaranteed to automatically be answered in the affirmative that it's only singles in the front. I just want to get that out there. Okay. Well, I, I kind of like but watch, by watching stuff or reading some information before, I thought like, okay, I'm going to ask this question, right? And and sometimes I, I kind of like thought, like, who's going to say no, right? Probably everybody's going to say, of course, that that's how we do it. There's no other exactly. way around it. Do it in here in the clinic, right? And one of the things that I really decided to uh, to do it was that when my brother-in-law came from Mexico City, he told me and he showed me his, uh, his progress. And two months down, I said, wow, uh, it does look like it, it was a good a good job, right? What, what was the name of your doctor? I think static. I know who you're talking about. What's, who, who's your doctor? It's it's a very young doctor. Let me see. I have it here on my... Um, Holy on my, shit. Uh, you don't know yeah. the name you of the person that performed surgery on you? No. I, well, I, I do remember, but I, uh, he has like a, like a couple... The place is Capilea, Capilea Implants. And, and the name of the doctor is... I mean, I, I didn't memorize his name, to be honest with you. But uh, his, right. his name is... I'm going to file that uh, away, Dr. man. Luis Alberto Ruiz, Ruiz Guzman. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, Luis Alberto Ruiz The name Ruiz of the clinic Guzman. is the name of every clinic in the Spanish-speaking world. Yes. Plenty Capilar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the name of every clinic uh, well, it's called, in Mexico, Spain. It, it's, just that, it's just called like Capilea. Capilea. That's C-A-P-I-L-E-A. C-A-P-I-L-E-A. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So he's right there in Mexico City. He, tell, he told me that sometimes... They ask him to go to Tijuana or go to Monterey or go to the U.S. Sometimes he travels and makes implants in those places. But he's most of the time in Mexico City. He's probably like in his mid-30s. Yeah. He's a, he's a surgeon uh, or he studied medicine. He's a, he did, I will say, I, I saw him there. He, he did like the design and everything on the front. And then he pulled him up or pinched my, my kelp. For the implants and destruction, he did it like half, and his assistant did the other half. So, uh, and um, he just told me, like, uh, if you want to stop using minoxidil, it's going to be up to you if you well, want, look, if you really take Look, man, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. You, you had a good experience. Um, my advice, and I don't know what Joe told you, is if you are uncomfortable using minoxidil, if you feel that it's a waste of time, uh, if you feel that it's causing irritation or shedding or whatever it is, you just don't want to do it. You're already on Avidart. You've already had mm-hmm. a, one surgery. There's probably a really good chance that you're going to be able to maintain what you have, including your donor, if you're a good responder to the drug on Avidart. So consider weaning yourself off of minoxidil. I'm not a doctor. You could talk to your doctor about this. But anything that becomes a chore when it comes to your journey in hair restoration, or if you think that it's something you're doing that may not actually be helping you, but you're doing it just because you were told to do it, it's something you may want to consider cutting out of your regimen or regime okay. regimen. All right, man? So uh, just cutting it up, when you say like start like winning at the office, like probably like Joe mentioned it, right? Instead of going every once a day, just going like three, four times a week. However Joe mentioned it, that's exactly right. Don't okay. you forget it. All right, man, listen, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to take another call. I'm glad you had a good hair transplant Thank experience. Thank you so much. And Thanks I wish you the best time, of luck. Okay? We got it. Thank you. Take Thank care. You guys. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
right, guys, you can come back now. Triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. Let's see who this is. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, uh, this is Omar from Israel. How are you guys? Hey, I'm sorry. I always forget your hey. name. Say it again. Omar from Israel. Omar. What's happening, Omar. man? Omar. Good, good to hear from you. What's yeah, going I'm on? good. I'm good. Uh, I wanted to ask you something. I, I visited, as I mentioned in the past, I, I went to Dr. Dizanga, and uh, about two months ago, I also visited uh, Dr. Hassan. And... Uh, I have some contradictions between what both uh, told me. First of all, uh, Dr. Hassan told me, yes, so this is why I'm calling. Uh, Dr. Hassan told me I have like uh, 10,000 graphs available in my safe zone, while uh, Dr. Bizanga said five to 6,000. So first of all, this mm-hmm. is a major difference. And second of all, uh, about the hairline, I actually tried to email you uh, both doctors' hairline, like one next to another, but uh, I tried to email you, but the email was bounced back. Anyway, uh, Dr. Hassan wants to place 4,000 graphs, and he wants to do the temporal points as well, uh, while uh, Bizanga says don't do the temporal points. And it won't look nice. And uh, so this, this, this is the main, like, differences. And both are mm-hmm. IHRS doctors. So I just wanted to hear your opinion about that. Well, I'll let Joe speak to it because he has a lot of personal experience. But I can tell you that, you know, that's why it's called the practice of medicine. Every doctor who, even the most experienced doctors, the best doctors who are IHRS members, they all have different experiences in, you know, in their hands and the way they perform surgery over the years. They know what works. Uh, as far as the assessment of your safe zone or your safe donor zone, sadly, that's up for debate for some doctors as well. Some physicians are, more, are, are less concerned about going up and high on the sides. I think that Victor Hassan is one of them. Uh, while there are plenty of physicians who believe that uh, hold on for a second. I'm being totally distracted here. While there are some, <laughs> while there are some, while there are some physicians that totally believe that uh, you have a very kind of um, finite area, which is essentially almost like just you know from ear to ear in the back in the occipital region, that will be safer or more DHT resistant for a longer period of time. That's just the nature of this game. There's debates on when, when it comes to all these conferences, whether it's Global Hair Loss Summit or an ISHRS conference. Mm-hmm. There are no set standards when it comes to that or standard of care. So in, I know that in Dr. Hassan's hands, he treats a lot of patients with very long strips. He goes very high over the ear uh, in areas that some doctors won't go to. And that probably includes what they're doing with FUE. So I think that... That's probably why there's confusion there. These guys have different experiences in their own practices. Joe, I'm going to let you speak to this because you actually worked with Dr. Hassan. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's it's a common situation where uh, there, there are huge disparities between estimates from one high-level physician to the next. Um, and, and I can say that, you know, you're – 
your situation, I don't know what your, your, your hair looks like or what your situation is, but I would imagine that Dr. Bazenga suggested not to do the temple points, maybe because your hair is too coarse for temple points. Was that ever brought up? Was that ever talked about? He actually said uh, it might look nice uh, for the next 10 years, but there is a possibility that it will uh, uh, miniaturize during the years. So, like, it's a risk. So he said it, 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 he has a conservative approach, so he, he prefer not to go, uh, on, like, not to do that. This, this is what he told me. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. That's interesting. Well, as far as, I mean, that's, that's very true, um, but at the same time, you actually run that risk with all of your transplanted hair because uh, it's been realized over the past decade and a half that donor hair is not necessarily 100% DHT resistant for life. Uh, there's a, yeah. a consensus now among a lot of the top doctors that even the, the seemingly best-looking hair transplant results at one year will look thinner 10 years later because of increased miniaturization of the transplanted hairs as they would have miniaturized in the donor region to begin with. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think... I, I think that the benefits still outweigh the, the risks because you still have hair where you didn't. Um, so th that's one way to look at it. But the other issue is the graft estimates. And I, I think that Dr. Hassan takes the approach that um, maybe could be attributed to Karai Erdogan at ASMED, where it's more of a, a, a larger estimate of, of the donor region for total number of grafts because uh, they believe in the homogenization approach, whereas you reduce the density of the entire donor area so you can take care from uh, forward, forward of the ears, uh, down below the nape, uh, up towards the parietal humps, all the way around in, in the back of the donor area, and reduce the density to be equal or, or seemingly equal to what the density on top will be after all the hair is transplanted. So it's a, it's a gradual reduction of density across the back and sides that doesn't draw attention, but it does, it does allow for more grafts. But the potential is that you can have more of a moth-eaten look over time. It, it's, it's a very finessed issue, but I think that's why that graft estimate is higher. And it could be a great graft, uh, graft estimate. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what your donor area looks like. But that's probably why there's such a disparity in estimates. What, what's the right mm -hmm. approach for yeah. you? I, I can't say. I mean, it depends on, um, you know, your gut. Like, what, what rings um, more valid for your concerns based on those two estimates? Like, what approach do you like the most? The safer one? And I, I, it's not necessarily safer, but the more uh, we'll call conservative approach of Dr. Bazenga, uh, or maybe the the more aggressive approach of Dr. Hassan. I, I don't I remember what you said the uh, graft estimate from Dr. Bazenga was. What was that? Uh, five to six thousand. No, no. I, I mean, in one session for one surgery. Ah, uh, both told me I would need uh, two surgeries. Uh, Bizanga suggested to start with the hairline and uh, 3,000, 
while Hassan uh, said the same, just 4,000. But he's doing also okay. the temporal points. And uh, actually, yeah. there, is a, there, there is a difference between the hairline. Actually, Dr. Hassan's hairline is a bit higher, uh, is more straight. I, I, I wanted to show you, you know, it's not the same when I'm uh, describing and when you see it in your eyes. But uh, yeah. uh, Dr. Brizanga actually drew, uh, I was a, a bit surprised because I thought he was going to be uh, more conservative, but uh, he drew a um, lower uh, hairline, but more narrow in the side. Okay. So, so I actually, deeper recession like, in the temples, but, but lower central hairline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually more like the Dr. Hassan's uh, hairline, but uh, with, I ask if I can do some modifications in the middle, like, uh, and and this this was when like uh, if the patient advisor was uh, I, I was talking with him, and uh, he doesn't give me any definitive uh, um, answers like go to the surgery, talk on the day, and I don't like it. I want to. So is that uh, is that that guy Doug? I'm going. No, not Doug. I spoke with him a lot, but uh, I spoke when I met with the patient advisor. It was Chris. Yes, Chris. Ah. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, and, and I'm so look, talking I, with Chris now by email. Yeah, it's like this. No, no design that you get um, through. Uh, even in-person consultations, if you get a design drawn on your head to say this is what we think, that's not concrete. That's not like something to rely yeah, upon it, because, it, yeah, it, it, it changes. Not, like uh, Dr. Hassan and Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's it, the case with any, like, it doesn't matter what, what doctor you go to. There, there, there will be small changes yeah. on the day of surgery, even during the surgery. Um, based on your physiology, and like they may they may realize that they're not getting as many grafts, they may have to uh, maybe reduce density or or the shape a little bit. I mean, there, there all kinds of things can happen. This is what I suggest you do. Excuse me, got a bug in my throat. What I suggest you do is, um, you know, look at cases that might be like yours on their websites and wherever you can see patient posting their their results, and just you know get a feel for what what the the um the aesthetics are that they bring to the table what the density and you know the overall uh feeling that you get for the approach and uh consider how they're treating you before surgery are they pushing you to do things one way versus another are they pushing you to do surgery at all are they say are they saying hey we're here when you want you know we'll, we can continue to talk about this i mean these are th these are things that are important and you got to take all this into account and just use your gut but both approaches seem valid it's, i don't, I mean, I don't as remember as long as this, you understand and the shortcomings and i'm kind of going off tra off topic here but you 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 weren't impressed with uh ishrs grand puba uh, dr ginsburg in israel yeah, I, I visited uh, like long time ago. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, ju I'm just, ago, I'm just yeah. fucking with you. I know. I mean, it's interesting when, you know, there's someone that is supposed to be really, you know, well-known, is very well-respected in the field. He's like one of the grand, grand dudes at the ISHRS, and he's right there in your home country, and you've, you're decided to either go 
to Brussels or go to uh, Canada? I really don't care. I really don't care if she's in Israel. I, I will go to whoever I, is good for me. No, I no, I agree. If I fly, I will fly. I don't care. I agree with that. That's the it's way to not, go. It's, I'm just... For I, me, I, it's not an issue. No, no. It's I, not an issue. I agree with I that. I don't care. I agree with that. I'm just saying I am kind of trying to make a joke for Joe's sake and for everyone else who knows what I'm talking about. But... It's, I just find yeah. it interesting that this guy is so well-respected in the field. You're a person doing actually doing your research, so you decided to get the fuck out of Israel to have your hair transplant. So you're you're Look, doing yeah, what I, I think I any smart person would do. I, I can tell you, I, I actually got a few weeks ago uh, uh, PRP treatments from the uh, DHR clinic in Israel, and there was a guy like like they were sitting me in the in the kitchen. They have uh, like a, a bed that you know patients sit uh, for the treatment on, on, in their kitchen, and the patient for the for that day uh, he came to eat, and we started uh, talking, and he was telling me I was uh, deciding to have a hair transplant uh, two months ago because uh, I, I uh, went to a gym and somebody took a picture of me and I saw some bald spot and like I for, for myself I, I, I was thinking like what the fuck like don't you don't do your research but I didn't want to tell him you know too much because already was in the middle of the surgery so I didn't want maybe the, the guy is a, is a good doctor I, I don't know but uh, like you say, I think he has not much uh, um, experience uh, under the tissue. So yeah, no, no time on tissue. Is, uh, Listen, man, we're gonna exactly. we're gonna we're gonna so, go on to another caller. But I I I I do understand where the confusion would lie when you're getting such different assessments as far as the graft counts, what can be moved, and you know. But the hairline thing is like everybody's hairline is going to be the initial design is going to be slightly different all the time and it's none of it's written in stone it's all essentially negotiable also once you get to the clinic and on the day of surgery and i'm not saying negotiable to the point where if you say you want your hairline down to your eyebrows the doctor's going to say okay but he'll work mm -hmm. with you with in, in a manner that makes you feel most comfortable and if he agrees that this is going to work out well aesthetically and or, and also for you know as you age then most likely you're going to get what you want if it's reasonable. And you sound like you've done enough research to know what a reasonable age-appropriate hairline would be. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my concern is just not to uh, left, be left without uh, any donor, like to properly manage it for the future. This is my concern. I think, to that's, too, uh, I think that's smart. I think being conservative and having that thought process is the way to go. You don't have to bang it out in one surgery, and that's what people do. If, you know, uh, uh, and you said it was Dr. Prasanga was one, the other guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, if, if, if he thinks that he can get you where you need to be uh, with a little bit more of a, a conservative approach that you feel more comfortable with, then that's, that's the way I would go because you could always have another surgery. You can't go back. Yeah. 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 Uh, once okay, you're cut, okay, once you so. are cut, you are cut. There's no turning back. And if those grafts are lost or if they are, you know, if for some reason you have extensive scarring uh, from a strip or – and you're talking about having a strip, right? Yeah. 
no, actually, both offer the FUE. Oh, FUE, okay. They say, both say that you, you don't need the FUT. It's not necessary. And um, I ask you if I do FUT in the beginning. Why would, why, would, why would FUT be necessary if it costs half as much? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Sorry, actually, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised, but sorry, but actually, Bizanga uh, charge more uh, for FUT. I don't know if you are aware of that. Really? Yeah, actually, but, that's uh, true. I am aware yeah. of that. And I should. I should. I, I. I was kind of letting Joe just get his joke across, and that you know the whole maniacal no, laugh fine. thing, but. Yeah, I was aware. Pasanga did tell, Pisanga did tell me that, that that he would charge more. He told me that I think last year for FUT. He's really it set up. It actually makes sense. He's, yeah. he's really set up for <laughs> FUE. It does make sense. Yeah. Um, I, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just and I and I, I I love them both. They've both been you know members of the IHRS forever. I think less is more in this situation, and I think that you could always go for more graphs when needed. That's that's mm-hmm. how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Oh, I agree. Okay. Okay. All right, Matt. Okay. Okay. I, I hope Thank we we're able to help. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank Ta- you. Take, take care. care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Did you not want me to take a call for a second, and you want to go to the chat? Is that what you wanted to do, Joe? Because I don't want to fuck up your show here. Too late already. No. Yeah, of course. Let's let's uh, let's do that. There was. Uh, All right, guys. We, we got a one one line open if someone wants to call in. Otherwise, I'll get to the callers who are holding on. So, uh, Jashiki, in the chat room, he's got a couple questions. First off, he's asking about uh, the Turkish hair hair transplant clinic HLC, and I don't remember what the exact question was, but um, asking what I think of them, even though Doctor Oztan, old Osger isn't doing surgery anymore. I don't know if he is or isn't. Um, but I've always thought of, of HLC as based on superficial observations. I never, I never jumped into, you know, uh, examining how they do things or, you know, I never saw behind the scenes, which is important for me. Um, but superficially, like just seeing results online that, that everyone else sees, I thought they were pretty damn good, um, to be completely honest. What happened but to what I happened to Oscar? He's not. He's not. Why isn't he performing surgery anymore? No, I have no idea. He's a young dude. I have no. I. He is a young dude. I may, maybe he's too busy delegating now. I don't know. Um, but I, I've always liked the clinic. I always thought that they they did uh, really good work, and um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say anything bad or good at this point because I don't know. I can't verify what uh, what you're saying about the doc not doing surgery anymore. But there are other doctors there. Uh, the, the problem is anytime that you're looking at the results, it's, it, I don't recall it being clear which doctor or which team actually did the work. So I, I don't know. But in general, the, the clinic, as, a, you know, as their reputation, I always thought it was pretty darn good. Um, but he did flake on Global Hair Loss Summit this year. So I, I fi- did, I, I'm going to file that away. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. But regardless... Um, and uh, let's see, what was the other question? Asking about oral, oral minoxidil. Um, I don't remember what the exact question was, but someone else was asking, I think it was Rob Hellner, uh, about it being bad for, um, for the heart. And that's one of the side effects with even topical minoxidil. There, there's a side effect warning about uh, possible heart palpitations. So there is 
a, a cardiac element as side effects that always scared the shit out of me. That's why I never took oral minoxidil. I, I started talking about it with uh, Dr. Wong 10 years ago um, in, in one of the, those phases where it was actually being discussed in the, in the community. I was interested, um, but I, I, didn't, I didn't go down, down that route because uh, uh, there weren't enough people doing it, and I'm not crazy about cardiac side effects. Just call me crazy. Just don't want, don't want to go down it. that road. The elevators went out in this place. Now I'm kind of... I'm kind of rethinking that at this point, though. The elevators went right. out in this place the other night. I had to come up to the studio, and I'm on a relatively there's a lot of stairs. I took the, <laughs> stair, I took the stairs for the first time in my life. My heart yeah. was beat. I felt it beating out of my chest. And I'm like, you know what? I got to stop smoking meth because <laughs> this thing on. Yeah. No, but I've never felt that before. That's a scary fucking thing. Now, granted, I usually yeah. don't run up these many stairs. You know, a man at a certain age probably should be a little bit more careful. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would be concerned about taking anything that would affect my my cardio cardiac health. Is that correct? Yeah, car- cardiac well-being. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and, and then there's also the, uh, the reference of um, someone said the hair chemist, again, back to him, that he was the first person talking about oral minoxidil. No, he wasn't. Um, all due respect to Hair Chemist, uh, he's barely been on YouTube for a year, I think. Oral minoxidil has been talked about 15 years ago, and then it went off uh, off the discussion uh, radar, and then it was brought back a few years ago. Uh, I remember um, Dr. Uh, what's his name, uh, the Spanish. Even Dr. Cooley was prescribing it at least five years ago. Six we were talking. We were talking about my first year on the job, so to speak. We were talking about oral minoxidil. Uh, there were a couple of doctors yeah. who were prescribing it. I was almost prescribed it, and we were talking about 1998. Uh, we had talked about it on the Ball Truth for maybe the first year of the broadcast. Which, by the way, I am going to uh, digitize at some point and put online. Maybe maybe I'll sell one as an <clears throat> NFT. I've got to figure out these fucking NFTs, Joe. I know, I know, right? Yeah, Cut I'm not kidding. I got to figure that shit out because there's uh, gonna be there's gonna be some like super fan that I don't even know about that's sitting in some castle somewhere that will buy that for half a million dollars. A super fan, exactly. Uh, Doctor Sergio Vano in Sp- Spain. He's the one that's been. Uh, Carrying the the oral minoxidil torch for the past couple of years now, like in in the on the medical side, like on the, on the back end, talking among doctors, like he's been really pushing it. But yeah, it's it's nothing new. Uh, it's been around for a long time. I remember I've told the story before. I had a, a patient fly all the way from Tasmania to see me when I was working at Hassanawong, just so he could show me his Norwood Six transformation. He was taking some sort of product. I forgot the name of it. Out of Australia, it's one of those. Um, uh, subscription-based but non-prescription-based treatments, uh, where they had their vitamin pill and then uh, and then they combined it with um, I forgot what the milligram I think five mg of oral minox, and he he had a full head of hair like it was amazing, amazing uh, transformation. Never forgot about it. And part now, of that was did you actually see his before? Did you just come with a full head of hair and see yes. his ball? Okay, no, no, just, no. I'm just fucking. No, no. He. he yeah, he consulted for hair transplant surgery, decided to do this first. And we, we had a 
we talked for probably two years before he actually showed up. It Can we take really a phone amazing. call? Sure, fine. Right. Go ahead. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, Spencer. It's Frank calling from Toronto. Frank How's from Toronto. Going? What's happening, man? What up, Frank? Hey, good. I called Hey, Joe. I called you guys a couple of months ago, and uh, I uh, just, to, just to give you a quick recap here, I uh, recently, well over a year ago, I had a, uh, some work done on my crown, and a little bit in the front, 2,500 grafts with, uh, with Dr. Rahal. Went really well. I've uh, been taking uh, Minox. Minox, you've been using minoxidil since then. Uh, I've been, um, I'm 43, so 20 years ago I used finasteride for a while. I had side effects. Then I tried again when I was in my early 30s. Had side effects, like kind of like, it's kind of a weird muscular pain. And I believe I was taking the, I believe, and it's been so long, I believe I was taking the uh, full uh, five, milli, five milligram Propecia. And when I called you, gentlemen, Spencer just said, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you try again to take it to the Astra? I just like cut it up, take it like just into much smaller doses. So I called my, uh, called my family doctor and he's like, yeah, you can, you can do that. Why not? Just like, just uh, take a, uh, take a, uh, just cut it up and take it into smaller, in just into, into like one, one milligram doses. So I'm trying that and uh, just wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm trying that. And I really, really hope that it, uh, it works out because I think that would, uh, that might put me over the top. Well, how are you feeling over to the next 10? Oh, so far, so good. I mean, it's yeah, so far, so good. I mean, um, I don't know why I was taking the full five milligrams uh, 10 years ago. My doctor was like, Oh yeah, one, one milligram. All you need is a little bit. It'll start helping to start growing. He doesn't know a lot about hair loss. So he's a family doc, right? But, uh, he said, "Yeah, it'll go." He's like, "Yeah, you know, all you needed a little bit." Uh, he's like, "Just, just, uh, just go on the, uh, the, um, uh, you don't need the brand name Propecia. Just get the uh, whatever the, um, whatever the, uh, you know, the uh, just, get some, just a cheap." I don't, cheap I don't necessarily agree with that because you know it, it okay. depends on the, it depends on the generic. Now you may be getting a great generic, so just keep an eye on it. Look at the pill. Also, speak to your uh, find out from the drugstore where the generic is being manufactured. There's a company name for that generic, and if you're doing well on it, make sure that you continue on the same generic. Fair. All right, um, man. Well, I have it here. I have it yeah. here, actually, in front of me. It's uh, I don't know how I could tell you what it is. It just says just says five. You you can you can you, you can look up the F5. image. You can do an image search. Uh, look up, look up finasteride, uh, generic finasteride, and see if you can find your pill with the number on it, and the color, and you'll be able to track down where it's manufactured, or you should okay. be able to. Fair enough. Well, that's but I'm glad I'm I'm glad that you're being proactive, and I'm glad that you started to take it without any adverse side effects. So, you know, your doctor's not incorrect. Sometimes all it does. All you need is a little. Look, I take five milligrams about every fifth day. Um, most people, if I talk to a physician or most physicians in this field, they'd be like, there's no way that could work. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe it's all dose dependent, and I also believe that intermittent therapy works. I'm not a doctor, but in my case, it's been very effective, and I've minimized, potentially minimized uh, the any adverse side effects, but I've also given myself some room to increase my dosage if things start to get worse, which I did. I was taking five milligrams once a week for a very long time. I went through a surprising uh, effluvium, and then I upped my dosage, just took the two pills closer together in the week, and I noticed over time things started to kind of uh, go back to normal. 
So you have room to play with it. And I think, well, I was taking, I was taking like ten years ago, eleven years ago. I was taking the five milligrams every day. I, 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 I that's how I started. That's a lot. I started. That's a lot. I, I started. Uh, you know, almost thirty years ago, taking the five milligram dose every day. I went all the way up to seven point five milligram because after I was on the drug for about six months, I started to shed like crazy. But there's no. Internet. I mean, there was, but the internet, internet was in its infancy. No one knew about this stuff. No one was talking about the potential of the dread shed or a uh, protracted shedding period. Uh, so I just upped my dosage. So I had no adverse side effects at 7.5 milligrams. Now, I'm not telling anyone to do that. I would not advise that. I'm not a doctor. But some of us can handle it, and some of us can't. You were having adverse effects on 5 milligrams, which yeah. people have, you know? Oh, the one, I'm hoping the one, uh, you know, what the, my doctor thought that, uh, he said the one should, he said you should probably be okay with the one and, uh, you know, just monitor it and come, come see me every couple of months and, and, uh, no, not a, not a, not a big deal. And I'm, uh, I'm just glad because, um, I really want to, I really want to protect the, the grass and, you know, um, going forward. And I'm glad I called you guys a couple of months ago and you just kind of mentioned it off the cuff. It wasn't, you just kind of mentioned it. And I thought that's a really good idea. Like, I've never tried that. I just did the five milligrams and thought it's all or nothing. And I didn't realize that you can kind of take smaller. I didn't actually realize you just take smaller doses. I just thought, and I mentioned it to my doctor. I reckon I said, Hey, talk to this guy on the radio. And he's like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a two minute conversation. And it was a talk two minute to some conversation person. And, yeah. yeah well, it was, it was, well, I just meant, I just, it was a two minute conversation. I don't even see him because it's because uh, of COVID. And he just fired the uh, fax of fax of prescription over to my, to my pharmacy and, Two as long as you later, paid, as long as you paid your 120 bucks, uh, you know, online consultation well, fee, he's good with it. Well, Joe, yeah. Joe knows what it's like in Canada. It's all paid for. It's all yeah. paid for by the government here in Canada. Yeah. So uh, you know, OHIP, right? So uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, I just wanted to ask my you friend, one more thing before it's, uh, it's actually paid yeah. for by us. Just to be clear, it's, yeah. it is paid for by yeah. us collectively. It yeah. is just to collectively. clarify. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's so exactly. you're welcome. I paid for your consultation. <laughs> and you're also going to be paying that. for the, for the, uh, for the military to, you know, uh, disperse the truckers that are making a big deal in your country right now. Uh, exactly. So. Apparently that, yeah, apparently I'll call Ben Shapiro later and talk about that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I was, was going to ask you when you first called in, I was going to say, how's the traffic in, in uh, Ontario right now? <laughs> It's actually starting to fill up right now, and uh, you know I don't want to get kicked off the show. But uh, hey, if they want to stay here, by all means, make your point. Make your make your point. But uh, well, you never get kicked uh, off of this show. Yeah, but uh, well, ne- never I, say I never. Ask, but not for that. Fair, fair, fair enough. Um, you know what? I uh, but I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely check in with Ben Shapiro later. But uh, I just wanted to, to, to ask you one more thing, just in regards to your conversation about minoxidil earlier today. So I have been taking that now for about a year. Um, I, I, I don't know. It seems I'm fine with it. If it's not working great, it's not as long as it's not doing me any harm. Um, I'm, I'm good with it. Should I not be taking it any longer? Because Rahal staff just said, "Yeah, take it." And he said, "Yeah, you can take it for as long as you want." But I don't. I don't. I, don't, I wasn't really given a lot of direction on that. So yeah. So I could. If nobody really. That, nobody really, really fucking it. knows. All I can tell you is that all this is based on my experience. And and look, I hate to say it. I mean, I've been around for a long time. Not that I hate to say it, but it makes me feel <laughs> older. I've been around for a long time, and I've heard thousands of stories. And and I know that. My assessment is that it really is just a band aid. It's kind of a, uh, a 
a temporary solution that a lot of guys get stuck on for life. Do I think it's going to do you any damage? We don't know. I mean, as long as you don't seem to be having any inflammatory effects, if you're comfortable using it, if you don't don't see yourself going through any type of a shed, if you think it's helping, uh, then there's probably a chance that you're fine with it. As far as what we were discussing about the thinning of the skin, I don't know how prevalent that is. I do know that doctors talk about it. You know what I mean, Joe? Yeah. You there, Joe? Yes. This yes. thing on, Joe? I was reading chats. Okay. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. We're doing a little radio show here. <laughs> so, well, I, so I, I don't, I, I can't advise you to get off of it if you're doing, if you know, like the thing is, you kind of want to, if you're doing well right now, you don't want to, you know, fuck with anything. You don't want to rock the boat. Well, I just like the idea of having something out, like I, the minoxidil hasn't, has, or sorry, the finasteride uh, hasn't hasn't kicked in yet, and I get to give it some time to see if it has side effects. So I, I gotta have just psychological. I gotta have something working. Yeah, working, but and that's the thing. Right now is yeah. not it's not right now is not a time to fuck with anything. So you right. started the finasteride, see how you do, and then you could reassess in a year. Good call. All right, man. And I'll call you back in a year then. Well, you can call us back before that if you'd like. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, I'm watching. I'm, I'm I'm watching you guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks again. Uh, uh, I right. appreciate this. All right, man. Appreciate Good your help. Good luck. You guys Take care. Bye-bye. 888 Let's see who this is. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this? All right. All right. I get it. Okay. You hung up. One, one of those. Couldn't hang on. You want to just, I mean, oh, I was a little late, so. But we were only like five minutes late today, right? No. Seven? Twelve? No, we weren't. <laughs> it was like 15 was it really 15 minutes? Actually, hang on a second. I'll tell you. Fuck, I pulled a Tillman. Ooh, good one. Wrong. Let's see. It was... Uh... For all you new listeners oh, okay. out there, you'll notice that you know I give, I give Tillman some shit. It's because I'm like his big brother. That's just the way that it is. My brother used to... I mean, it was brutal what I had to deal with. Let him rest in peace. It was uh, 309... That's actually not, not bad. Not not bad. Cons- considering you uh, were about to um, have L.A. road rage. I was. Good, so. All right, so should I turn off the phones? Do you want to, to answer anybody in the chat or just get the fuck out of here? Uh, no, let's, let's, uh, let's see. Uh, any other questions here? Joe, the Aussie guy that had pizza and stuff. I'm not answering that question, FSK. Uh, let's see. I wouldn't take oral minox. Too dangerous. So many young people drop dead from heart attacks at the moment. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Um, I don't see any questions. They're just talking amongst themselves. Glad we could provide this uh, platform for you guys to talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, enjoy that, guys. Um, you know what? Let's call it yeah, that. Enjoy that, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to turn off the phones. Okay, cool. All right, no more phones. Uh, Joe, give out the websites, okay. please. Um, first off, I want to think think again. Um, HairLossCure2020.com. It's a little past 2020, but hey, you know, it still may come sometime soon. We don't know. But he's locked uh, into the domain and it works, so it's a exactly. Good thing. He's locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made his bed. He's got to he's got to lay in it. But yeah. uh, it, it's it's a great website. And and what I like about his website is it talks more about the stuff that we don't. 
So I think it's a nice compliment. And uh, so I just want to thank Hair Loss Cure 2020 again for um, embedding and hosting our program on their website. So thank you very much. And can I say this? Can I say this? He's one of the very Uh few non-assholes in this industry. Well said. He's a guy that I don't know him from Adam. I don't even know his name, which I'm, I'm sorry about that. I should. But he has always been extremely, you know, interested in what we do. He's contacted me with open arms. Uh, just a, a, a fellow, you know, guy that's in the industry, and he built up a really great blog and a great website who yeah. just wants to share information. That's so unusual. That's fucking, I well, mean, everyone, I, everyone is like, it's dog eat dog in this industry. I suspect, like, I talked to him once on the phone last week, and he's, he seems like a really nice guy, but I suspect that the reason why he started this was because of his own yeah. uh, interest. Because cause he, he said in the, in the chat room, I, I saw him say this, that true story, uh, he, he looks down and picks up his own hairs off of his hardwood floor. That's his OCD. So I get it. It all makes sense now. Why well, he started then, the website? And after so, after hearing that, I, we should probably have some drinks because he's a man <laughs> after my own exactly. heart. There you go. Right That's on. Your, so again, so uh, websites, guys. If you if you want to learn more about uh, future treatments and uh, what's in the works, go check out hairlosscure2020.com. Uh, the bald truth. Um, Great forum, highly trafficked resource. I think still the most highly trafficked hair loss and hair restoration forum on the planet, Bald Truth Talk. Um, highly moderated, but hey, you, you don't have to worry about people that you don't know trying to sell you shit. That well, I'm going to interrupt need. you. It's, it's, high, it's highly moderated, but I have to tell you the spam has been slipping in like crazy, and we have to fix that. But as far as what's do. happening, yeah. like things are locked down initially. Like if, some, if someone... If a physician makes a post or someone makes a post about their their work, the peanut gallery cannot go in there and try to destroy this person's you know uh, emotional well being by saying his work sucks. Yeah. That's yeah. not what the forum is for. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No worries. Um, let's see. If you are looking for a hair restoration surgeon. IAHRS.org. It's a safe place to start. It's not the end-all, be-all of uh, the best hair transplant surgeons in the world, but it is a safe place to start. And it's it's the basis for uh, requirement or a basis for entry into my own website, hairtransplantmentor.com, as member doctors. So uh, I, I've always put a lot of stock into IAHRS.org. I used to talk about it a lot when I was a consultant because I felt it was a valuable resource for patients, and I thought it was a valuable organization to be a part of. So that's IAHRS.org. Also, AmericanHairLoss.org. It is the single most referenced resource by mass media and big media worldwide. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, you name it, they've talked about American Hair Loss Association if they want to give credibility to their own stories that have to do with hair restoration, hair loss, or, or uh, hair transplant surgery. So that's AmericanHairLoss.org. Um, my own website, HairTransplantMentor.com. It's got my own personal story of all of my surgeries before I had surgery, in between all the fun stuff, all the ugly stuff, and um, also home to the world's most comprehensive dictionary terms and definitions about hair loss and hair restoration terms. And uh, what else is there? Of course, if you're listening to this channel, 
or listening to this podcast, not watching the channel, it is being broadcast live on my YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash hair transplant mentor, where uh, every Friday we got a new episode. And also, uh, there is the UK show with Specs Spencer Stevenson. Um, they, I think you guys recorded one today. We I'm not sure good, when that will be we up. We have a really on, good show that will be up in a couple of days on apetogentleman.com. On apetogentleman.com. So uh, check that one out as well. I think that's it for all the websites. That is it. Great job, Mr. Tillman. Thank you so much for joining me today on our Absolutely. inaugural br- broadcast on Hair Loss. What is it? Hair Loss Cure 2020? Hair Loss 2020? Hair Loss Cure 2020. Hair Loss Cure 2020, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Say that I, fast I, 10 times. Look, I'm, I'm a man of a certain age. I'm just, the fact that I could sit here for two hours and do this is a big deal. I forget shit. That's all I'm saying. Where am I? All right, guys, listen, we're going to go. Until Sorry, callers who are holding on. We're, we're going to hang up the phones in a second. Until next time, be strong, God bless, and thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for any inconvenience you may have been put to prior to the program, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if you could now leave by the exits at the rear, that would be splendid. Thank you. Good night. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ball of Truth. You know, the broadcast streams live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. If you'd like to watch the show or see us in studio, call us live, ask any questions. If you have any concerns, if you just want to vent, you can check us out on Joe Tillman's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash hair transplant mentor. Or you can watch and listen to us live on theballtruth.com. 